Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's good? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Round Ball Stew. Hosted by Roto World, I'm Dan Titus. That's Raphael Johnson. Back as usual for week 22. We are in the midst of the fantasy playoffs. Maybe your fantasy playoffs end this week, or perhaps in most public leagues, you still have championship week uh, to look forward to. But we're going to talk about everything that's going on around the NBA. Raph, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Um, uh, as you mentioned, fantasy playoffs right in the thick of things. Unless you're a sadist who lets the the fantasy league play out through the entire regular season, you're in the thickest semifinal rounds right now. So, you know, and it's going to be a busy week. Got a lot of teams playing three games the remainder of week 22. So should be some really good opportunities for waiver pickups and and the like. Um, But, you know, obviously tough week, you know, we can talk about the injuries in a bit, but the passing of Willis Reed, you know, the captain at age 80, obviously me as a Knicks fan, yeah. That man's an absolute legend. You know, you think even before that, you know, prior to Grambling State University, you know, prior to Louisiana, everything he did as a player and then after as a coach, executive, how respected he was, big loss for the NBA, not just the Knicks franchise. Absolutely right about that, man. Um, easily the best basketball player that ever came from HBCU, maybe even yeah. one of the best athletes that came from HBCU. He's mm-hmm. the only one to get the, to lead the Knicks to a championship. <laughs> Not in our generation, unfortunately. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll get there. But, um, I mean, absolutely Knicks legend. And, you know, so many people that he inspired um, that, that that wore that jersey after that, man. And just a model freaking person. And mm-hmm. my, my one Willis Reed story, I got a card from him when I was like 10 years old. Didn't know who he was. So I did my research. And then I wound up making this book about the NBA's 50 greatest players. So obviously mm-hmm. I got to put. It was pretty cool to be able to put that that uh, that card in there as a representation of that. Um, but yeah, just an absolute legend, huge loss for the NBA um, to lose legends like Bill Russell and him in the same year. Um, yeah. Very very disheartening, but at the same time, like I think it's a great time to celebrate how great of an impact he made not only in life but also as a Knicks, uh, one of the best Knicks players ever, if not the the best Knicks player ever. Um, but going back to fantasy basketball, let's stay on the Knicks. Julius Randle went off for fifty seven <laughs> points. Career high, one of the best performances ever in the Garden. Um, were you watching that game, and did you think no. he was going to go for sixty at that point? Like he had fifty through three quarters. This crazy, yeah. crazy performance. Yeah, I, I really thought he was going to make it run at Melo's record of sixty-two points. Um, he had fifty-two through three quarters. He scored twenty-six in the third alone. Like I thought it was going to be a good night, given how he played in the first half. But for him to go off as he did, that was incredible. Um, you know, great performance for him, albeit in a losing effort. They just couldn't get the stops that they needed. You know, credit to Minnesota. They had some big performances like Torian Prince, for one. Um, Jalen Noel gave them good minutes off the bench. So I think we'll talk a little bit about those guys later in the podcast from a fancy angle. But, yeah, 57 points. That's nothing to scoff at. Not at all. And um, 
Julius Randle was a player that I thought was definitely going to take a, a, a slight step back this year. Um, just with the emergence of Jalen Brunson, it was going to take away some of his assists, but the, with the assists went away, so did the turnovers. And Julius Randle has just been a very good basketball player this year. He's 59th in per game value this year. Um, I mean, I think that there's a case he could be a top 50 player easily next season. And he just looked great. So, I mean, I think that that wound up being a, a value pick for a lot of people in the mid-rounds there um, this season in fantasy. But um, on some unfortunate news, if no one was watching the, the Clippers game last night versus the Thunder, tough loss, but even bigger loss potentially. Paul George sustained a knee injury. Um, if you want to go back and look at it, it's not not really good in slow-mo. Yeah. Um, definitely looks like one of those football-type injuries. So I, I'm expecting him to miss time here. What are your thoughts? He hasn't gotten the MRI yet. No information has really came out at the time of at the time of record. So, um, what are we expecting from Paul George, and who's the next man up for for the Los Angeles Clippers to step in here? Yeah, I'm not expecting him back on the court anytime soon either. Uh, they play again against the Thunder on Thursday. I definitely wouldn't expect him back then, or the, for the remainder of Week 22 at a minimum. Yeah, we've seen them be extremely cautious with their star players, even when they're healthy. So. I think they're going to try to just go this thing if they see if they can get to the playoffs without him. If it's not a serious injury, obviously, you know we'll learn more about that probably by the time a lot of you listen to this when your afternoon drives home or what have you. You'll know a bit more about the severity of it. But I think in terms of who steps up, I guess Terrence Mann would be. He's the, the main guy that myself and a lot of people have identified as being that fill-in in the starting lineup. Hasn't been great this season, you know, even when he's gotten the opportunity to start. So, I don't know. I guess you go him. You know, you hope Marcus Morris can give him a bit more since he's already in the starting lineup. But it just feels like there are a lot of names, but no one really concrete, even like an Eric Gordon or Robert Covington. Yeah, you just mentioned Eric Gordon. That That's the person that I, my eyes were drawn to just off of mm-hmm. minutes alone. Um, he's seen at least 28 minutes in his last four, in his last five games. Yeah. Um, obviously gives you the scoring upside and, and maybe some steals, but not really much else. So, yeah, I think it is going to probably be a, a a committee affair here between mm-hmm. Terrence Mann and, and Eric Gordon. I don't know that there's a real pickup here um, yeah. just, just because that usage is so spread out. So something to monitor. Um, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely update you if there's any injuries, a significant injury that where Paul George is going to miss, you know, potentially the rest of the regular season. Um, and then we'll pivot from there. But, uh, yeah, certainly bad news for the Clippers, who are currently in the five spot. But, man, that Western Conference seeding is just crazy with one game mm-hmm. separating um, seeds five through nah, eight. So yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, the, the Thunder, the Golden State Warriors all nipping at their heels. Um, also, in, in better news for Memphis, Ja Morant looks to be returning tonight. He is available on the injury report. Um, reports were that he's he was he was missed he was eligible to return on Monday. Didn't return yeah. for conditioning. Do you have any concerns about him getting back up to full speed? Do you think he's kind of going to be weaned weaned in here, or do you think that you know Tyus Jones is pretty much going to go straight back to the bench and this is now the John Morant show yet again? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're going to give him the full on workload immediately because that wouldn't make any sense for one from a conditioning standpoint, and they're in a position standings-wise where they don't really have to rush him back. I think they're, either sec- they think they're second in the West still. Um, there's a clear clear separation between, say, two and three and the rest of the West behind them. So I think they can take their time 
if you have Tyus Jones, I would strongly suggest holding on to him. I would not drop him because even if he's in a bench role, I think he's still going to get 20, 25 minutes per game. He can give you good assist numbers with low turnovers in that spot. So I think Tyus Jones, for me personally, he's safe, but I'm sure some people will probably rush to drop him, even though Memphis has three more games this week. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I would not drop Tyus Jones. Um, he's still going to continue to benefit here, even in a bench role. As you said, the mm-hmm. efficiency is still there. He'll give you the threes, the assists, the steals that you want um, from a backup point guard. Um, so definitely in, in deep leagues, definitely not cutting him. Shallow leagues, I could see the argument um, if there's a better waiver option out there. But just remember that the Memphis Grizzlies have a really strong schedule yeah. for the rest of the playoffs, um, one of the best out there. So uh, don't discount that. Um Santi Aldama went off for 22 points and 14 rebounds <laughs> against Dallas. Are you picking him up and dropping Xavier Tillman as a result of that? Or what do you think? Huh? I think a case can be made for it. Um, you know, Tillman's been solid, but he hasn't been like a breakout fantasy guy. Um, if you want to gamble on the upside of Aldama, especially with three more games this week, I don't think that would be a bad idea at all. Uh, I can see some people holding on to Tillman because he'll be starting until Steven Adams gets back whenever that will be. But that upside that Aldama brings to the table, especially if he's going to get you eight to 10 rebounds per game, I think it's hard to pass up right now. Yeah. Tillman's minutes have been pretty sporadic here. Um, mm-hmm. Only had, I mean, he played 26 minutes, but only had three points or three rebounds and a couple of assists and a steal and a block. But the game before that, he went off for 14, 10 and five. Um, you got to figure with John Morant back, um, whatever offensive contributions he was making is probably going to be relegated to primarily rebounding. He's a good, he's definitely good at steals for a big man, but um, I'm not mad at you if you decide to move on. Um, if if Santi Aldama continues to to play a role and in eating into his minutes here, especially playing as well as he did in that last game, I think that's certainly cause for concern and, and could earn some more minutes. Um, Dallas, oof. They're going to need to stop the bleeding here. And um, good news, Luka Doncic is actually probable to play. So uh, what does this do for Josh Green, um, Jaden Hardy too? Yeah, I think Jaden Hardy kind of fell off the radar when Kyrie came back. I think Kyrie is questionable for Wednesday. But even if if Kyrie sits but Luka's back, Hardy's in the same spot. I don't think you can roster him at this point. Josh Green in deeper leagues, I think he's still have an argument because he'll be starting either way. His offense is going to take a hit in terms of the number of shots he gets, but I think he can get you a little bit defensively to where he's still worth holding on to in deep leagues. Yeah, and uh, we 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 definitely had some things to say about Christian Wood, but uh, he's been he's been playing well. Yeah, so we'll see what it's like when. Uh, I mean, hopefully Kyrie Irving can give it a go tonight, even though he is questionable. Um, the Dallas Mavericks need to get some victories here. So right now they are sitting in the eighth spot at 536 and 36 tied with the Thunder. They got to get wins. They're four and their four and six in their last 10 games. So yeah, I think they're going to go, they're going to go full throttle here. Um, so I'm curious to see how that really does impact Josh Green. As you said, probably still a deep league ad, but again, wouldn't probably be mad at you if you decide to move on for someone that might be able to give you a little bit more production now that the stars are Mm -hmm. back. Um, and then we also got an update out of Minnesota. Pretty important. Anthony Edwards has been upgraded to questionable. And after sustaining what seemed to be a pretty bad ankle injury, I mean, he was, he was on the ground screaming once that happened. So it's great to see that that dude's a warrior, man. Mm -hmm. And like, there's certain, there's something to be said about these players that really want to continue to play through injuries. 
something to consider for next season. But um, more importantly, Carl Anthony Towns um, is, is eligible to return as well. What are your let's let's stick on on Cat first. What are your expectations of Cat coming off IL? Probably going to need some ramp up time, but like, is he a player that you're going to actively put into your lineups, drop somebody else for, and and actually trust for um, the stretch run of the uh, the, the playoffs here? Huh. That's a good question. Uh, they only have two games the remainder this week. I think, given what he can bring to the table, even if he's only playing 18 to 22 minutes per game, I think you have to slot him into your lineups. Um, hopefully, you're not counting on him as that primary big in your lineup, but I think he has to be in there. Um, that, that's just how I look at Towns, just given what he brings to the table. There is also concern of how he will mesh with Rudy Gobert, given the fact that it wasn't too smooth when he was healthy. So I think you got to put him in, but <laughs> there are some concerns there. Yeah, I'm just concerned, man. Honestly, my shares of of Kyle Anderson are about to go down, and I'm just so disappointed because this guy's been – you know, a top 80 player over the last month, uh, top 30 over the last couple of weeks, dropping triple doubles. The reason he was doing that was because Carl Anthony Towns wasn't on the floor. And, uh, you know, they were they were very good with it. But I, I think he's definitely going to take a bit of a hit here, even with with Carl Anthony Towns getting 20 something minutes. So I would just wait and see. I wouldn't drop him yet. Um, mm-hmm. But just be be forewarned, you know, as we get into week 23, the more time that Carl Anthony Towns gets is probably going to impact Kyle Anderson. Um, and Anthony Edwards, definitely good for him. You know, Jalen Noel is still out, I believe. So, like, you know, there's not much competition for 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 Anthony Edwards' minutes here. They're going to need him. Um, oh, actually, he got upgraded. Jalen's questionable, yeah. And, yeah, yep. so he got upgraded. Um, but, yeah, this Minnesota team, they are currently – they're right behind Dallas by a half a game. So, the, mm-hmm. this is going to get – this is going to get very interesting, man. This is going to be an awesome little playoff race, and it's good that at least some of the stars are getting back for it. Um, but, yeah, really curious to see how this chemistry is going to really go with Carl Anthony Towns. I would actually – if I had Carl Anthony Towns, I would probably keep him stashed in IL for now, see how that first game is, and then bring him off if if you really need to. Because I feel like – I don't know. There's there's definitely some waiver options there, like people on the Jazz, like Chris Dunn and uh, Taylor Horn Tucker. Um Jonathan Kaminga, like there's different names out there that I feel like might be a little bit better. Um, but I, I still, it's the wait and see thing. Like what is Carl Anthony Towns really going to look like with such a long layoff? Um, so I'd be a little bit concerned about that, but either way, if he looks good in game one, take him off IL and rock with him there thereafter. Um, all right. So before we get into any more injury stuff, Raf, what do you do for injury? Anytime injury news that you need to get uh, caught up on. Oh, I use the Roto World app. Um, you can get all the, your breaking player news, whether it be injuries, lineup changes, you know, right at your fingertips. You can favorite players on your rosters, maybe favorite some guys that you're targeting on the waiver wire. Just get those various updates, and it is available in your preferred app store today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Turn on the Roto World app just yesterday and was able to take Time Lord out of IL right in time for him to play against the Sacramento Kings. He did pretty well. 6.7 rebounds. And uh, a block. And I mean, I think that that's what you expect in limited minutes, limited fashion. But I think it's just great to see him back on the court. Um, what are your expectations for Time Lord here? I mean, obviously, you got to start him just for the blocks, the blocks yeah. and rebounds upside here. But um, his returning is definitely going to probably affect Al Horford a little bit. We'll see their mm-hmm. minutes kind of stagger. But what are your expectations for, for Robert Williams? And, and how did he look in his first game back? I thought he was solid. Yeah, I had some foul trouble out there, obviously. Uh, committed five of them. But... I think 21 minutes, I think he saw what you wanted to see from him. He was mobile, really didn't seem to be impacted too much by the time off. I would expect them to kind of progressively ramp him up before the actual postseason. But he's a type of player where if he gets 25 minutes, he can still give you really good fantasy value. So eventually, I think Derek White is someone else to keep an eye on in terms of the impact it has on him because he's probably the one who's going to end up falling out of the starting lineup once the Celtics are are back to where they want to be from a conditioning standpoint. So, and he hasn't been great as a fantasy option when coming off the bench, but you hope if you have Derek white, by the time that happens, you're already done with your fantasy season. Yeah. Derek white went off last night, um, had a great game. I was actually fortunate. I went to the, to the game and Mm -hmm. just to see that, that Boston Celtics team, it, it has me thinking, man, like, I don't, I think that this championship is coming out of the East this year. Like just, yeah. I mean, granted the Sacramento Kings were on a back to back. They definitely lost their legs as the game kind of progressed, but this Boston team, like, even though they've been kind of losing, losing, going in and out of games, inconsistent Jalen Brown, that news coming out of like him potentially not wanting to be in, in Boston long-term or at least giving some ambiguity around it. He didn't really seem like he's totally sold on Boston in, a, in quite a few ways. Um, but that team is just so deep, man. And like now that they got Time Lord back, Brogdon was was decent off the bench. Like they just have so many heavy hitters. Um, it's going to be tough to beat Boston uh, late late in the season. So uh, I think it's them and the Bucks right now uh, for for me to, for the for actually vying for the championship. And I don't think any West Coast team can can really mess with them right now. They're just so good. But going back to the East Coast, the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes sustained a wrist injury a couple of nights ago. Um, didn't really get too much of an update, but he has been upgraded to questionable tonight. Um, good news for the Raptors. What are you expecting here? Like I was actually, I got a couple of questions on Twitter regarding him and Gary Trent Jr. and, and weekly leagues. And I was saying, hey, start Trent because we don't know what Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes' outlook looks like. Um, but do you, do you feel trust? Do you feel good, you know, putting Scotty Barnes back in the lineup despite this wrist injury? I don't really feel good about either one of those guys, to be honest with you. Uh, they're both questionable for Wednesday. Uh, even though Toronto has three more games this week, because Trent was supposed to be the one who would easily slide into the lineup if Barnes had to miss time. So he's dealing with elbow, elbow soreness, elbow tightness, uh, one of those two. But 
Yeah. I think if you have Barnes, you kind of put him in there just because of what he can bring across the board. Uh, Trent's more of a score in terms of fantasy value. So he's gotten, he's had some big steals nights on occasion. So I'll give him that. But I think if you have the choose between the two, I would go Barnes right now and just hope he's out there full throttle. Yeah. I mean, it's tough playing on Wednesday and Friday. Um, you know, both yeah. those 10 game slates as well as uh, I think they also got a Sunday one in there too. Yeah, they do, which is also nine games. So, yeah, I mean, if you have them, you start them. I- I'm not benching mm-hmm. them, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how this affects Scotty Barnes's play. Definitely been, I wouldn't say he's had a disappointing season. I think it's been more or less just kind of the same. Yeah. And I think everyone's kind of expecting him to take that leap, but there's just so many mouths to feed in in Toronto that it's kind of been difficult. Um, in Philly, James Harden. Uh, I don't know that last game. I mean, he's, he's out with an Achilles. I think his list is questionable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's questionable. Um, so maybe he's dealing with an injury it, to me. It just looked like he was just checked out a little bit or just not aggressive. I mean, he was just struggling from the field still did, did his thing in the assist category as he always does. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's, there could be some cause for concern here. They're listening as an Achilles injury. Do you, do you think there's any chance that Harden, probably sits out a couple games like do you think it's maybe it is the injury but i don't i don't know i think there is a possibility because remember this is the left achilles earlier this season he had the left foot issues um so i think if you're dealing with everything in that same general area it is a bit of a concern now i we as we saw last year at boston and milwaukee there's a difference from having game seven at home as opposed to going on the road so maybe that comes in there thinking a little bit in terms of playing for either the two or the three seed in the East. That said, you can't run the risk of not having Harden or having having a diminished James Harden in the postseason. That's why I think it's possible that he could get some time off at some point. They've got three games this week, the remainder of the week. So, you know, you look at that, and they also have four games in week 23. You know, maybe that's kind of the, the catalyst that they need to – give De'Anthony Melton more minutes, if not just outright start him and sit Harden on occasion. Yeah, so shallow leagues, I've definitely seen Melton floating around there. If, yeah. if he is available, that's that's definitely the move I would make. And you're right, yeah, I think that this this could be a time where we'll see some load management because um, you want Harden healthy, and we know about playoff Harden, whether it be tired legs or whatever, like this guy is just not uh, – uh, for his last time in Brooklyn, he was actually very good, but, you know – He's got to have him healthy for for the for the most important run. I mean, this is the window of time for the Sixers right now. You got MVP potentially and Joel Embiid playing the best basketball of his career. Um, can't waste that away with with potentially if getting a hurt. So um, I would definitely think it makes sense to kind of give James Harden a couple games off here um, as the game as the season kind of winds down. Um, also, DeAndre Ayton still out with an ankle injury. Are you picking up Bismack Biombo? Does he have any kind of appeal to you, at least from a blocks perspective or anything? I think Aiton's actually a hip. Um, Kevin Not Durant is out with the ankle. Um, I mean, no, I'm not picking up Bismack. Um, he can get you some rebounds, but I kind of feel like there are other guys available who still have three games to play this week as well that you can go with that may be, be a bit more dependable than Bismack. So, no, I don't know. no um and then Kyle Lowry he's been dealing with knee soreness for a while he's questionable 
I personally, I, I don't know. I'd probably stay away from Gabe Vincent, but do you think that that gives you any, does that give you any reason to pick him up in, if you're looking for threes, um, points, low end assists? No, no, he hasn't been very good as a spot starter this season. Uh, it's been a bit disappointing to be honest with you. We saw him play so well last year when given increased opportunities to play. It really hasn't happened this year. Um, he played well. I think it was Kyle Lowry's first game back, but then he kind of went back to the same Gabe Vincent that we'd seen for much of that time before. So, yeah, I, I'm not touching Gabe Vincent. I think I look at him a bit like Biombo, where there are going to be better options on other teams available yeah. this week. So, yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, let's get into the rest of week 22. Um, I really like the Indiana Pacers, but we're really waiting on the news on Tyrese Halliburton. I yeah. picked up TJ McConnell everywhere where I could um, because I'm still assuming that, you know, uh, perhaps this injury, you know, he has a minutes restriction. TJ McConnell's still been very good in limited minutes off the bench, always gives you the steals and the assists. Um, if that's what you need and, and actually a pretty good rebounder for his position as well. Um, but I'm still invested in him, but like, are you still keeping around Andrew Nemhard? Um, what about Aaron Neesmith? Are, are these guys that you're still rostering with the Pacers having a pretty favorable schedule with three games, the rest of the, the rest of the week? I think Nemhard more so than, than Neesmith. Um, I can see the argument for both of them, but Nemhard's had the ball in his hands, the, the ball in his hands a bit more recently. So as the point guard in that starting lineup. So I think I would lean Nemhard because even with Neesmith starting, you still have Buddy Heal getting his touches. Miles Turner still active. I like Nemhard a bit more right now. Yeah, Nemhard, I, uh, he had six assists last game, but then before that, he wasn't really doing much uh, yeah. in terms of assists. He had one game of five and seven, but um, it's really the scoring. Um, you know, he dropped 20 in two of his last three, 22 in, in, in two of his last three. So I'm curious to see if if Halliburton doesn't give it a go, I think I would definitely look to add Nemhard for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if Halliburton does return, then I probably drop Nemhard and roll with McConnell. But I mean, what's the I mean, look at the standings here. I mean, the Pacers are three games out of the playing tournament right now. Yeah. Are they, do you think that they're pretty much done? And if they're pretty much done, what's the incentive to bring Halliburton back? Mm, I think they've had every question answered regarding his future in Indiana being like that franchise cornerstone. So I don't think there's going to be too much of an impetus to bring him back on the part of the front office. Now, as for the player, he may want to play. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's all that always yeah. comes into consideration. So, yeah, that's fair. Another player I wanted to kind of highlight or highlight highlight for the Oklahoma City Thunder is Lou Dort, the Dorcher Chamber. Man, the way he locked down, the way he locked down. I know Zach Hanshu loves saying Dorcher Chamber. Shout out to Zach, um, a fellow writer over at NBC. Great dude. Does the mailbag. Yeah, the way he locked down Kawhi Leonard at the end of that game, man. That was just a clinic. Can he be all defensive team? Like, I feel like he's going to make a run for it, man. Like, that was probably the low key acquisition that the Thunder got that they didn't expect to have such a an impact. But like, if you yeah. combine Shea with with Chet eventually with Giddy, Jalen Williams, and then you got a guy that can lock down the way that that Lou Dort can, man, they're going to be a scary they're going to be a scary team. But are you picking up Lou Dort for fantasy purposes? Um, yeah, they got three more games this week. Um, 
he's obviously going to be on the court plenty because they need that defensive stopper mentality that he brings to the table. Um, you'd like to see him con- improve as a shooter, uh, just yeah. kind of the, the play <laughs> off of play off of SGA and Giddy, you know, be a bit more effective than he has been. But yeah, I think I would pick him up. Um, and it seems like more people are hopping on that Jalen Williams rookie of the year bandwagon. Just good to see. Um, I think Bancaro is still going to win it just because a lot of voters tend to go with the counting stats. But yeah, the, the progress that J-Dub has made to his game where like before he wasn't really a lock to be in that lineup. Now he's like, he has to be in that lineup every night and he has to be rostered in fantasy. So the, the progress that he's made has been, been crucial for that team and getting in a position where they could potentially avoid the play in altogether altogether. Yeah, I think you can make the case that, you know, it's been him and and Shea that's really been the the reasons that they're at the spot that they yeah. are right now. Because Giddy mm-hmm. struggled for much of the season, right? Like he was a well outside the top 200 for quite a bit of time, and then he kind of turned it up um, post-All-Star break. But, yeah, Jalen Williams has been absolutely, absolutely stunning. I mm-hmm. was I was high on the dude, but not, not to this yeah. level, man. Like he's one of the best rookies easily in fantasy. Um, looking at Portland, they could also be on tank watch. Lillard's still playing, but Simons is out. Jeremy Grant is out. Is there anybody else that you think is, I mean, is this back to Matisse Thibel season? They got three games left. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably not going to put my eggs in the, in the Cam Reddish basket. I, I kind of yeah. like what, what Thibel does in terms of defense and threes, but is there anyone else? I mean, I know how much you like Nurkic, but <laughs> um, I don't know, man. We could be seeing a whole lot of bench bench along with Dame uh, for the gonna, future here. I'm going to say Trendon Watford. Uh, yeah. We saw him kind of blow up down the stretch before he got hurt last season. 17% rostered. He's given you seven seventh-round value over the last two weeks in nine cap. With Jeremy Grant out, and they're, what, three games out of the last playoff spot in the loss – playing spot in the loss column. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. I think if I were to add anyone, it would be Trendon Watford. 29. Uh, he's seen, you know, well over 30 minutes over his last three games, yeah. double figures can hit threes um, really good in the steals category. So um, I, I don't disagree with that recommendation at all. Um Utah's another good team that plays three games. Uh, I mentioned it before. Chris Dunn um, seems like he kind of uh, he played better than Taylor Horton Tucker. He got a double double mm-hmm. in his last game, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they give him more of a shot, um, or at least they'll continue to split their time uh, with the, doing the point guard duties. But I really like Chris Dunn, just the efficiency that he's doing uh, from the field, as well as the the stocks, um, as well as the assists and the rebounds. Like him and Dennis, he's like a better Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. this year. Um, so it's been great to see him really taking advantage of that two-way deal. But if he's available, I've seen him floating around in some 12-team uh, shallow leagues that maybe someone dropped him, you know, from last week's two-game week. Um, and the other team that is just super frustrating, and it's just so hard can, to recommend anybody. Can we okay. stick with the Jazz for a quick second? Yeah, yeah go back. Ocha- Ochai Agbaji. Oh. That man has been balling recently. Mr. Um, Kansas. Scored, yep, 27 points the other night. Um, that's a career high for him. Obviously, the first time he surpassed 20 points in his brief NBA career. Top 100 player, 14% rostered. Um, Jordan Clarkson is still having trouble catching a basketball without pain because yeah, of that bad. finger injury. Mm-hmm. And 
and they're playing well enough to where they can kind of keep Clarkson out without saying it's a full-on tank. So I think Ochai Agbaji, along with Chris Dunn, is someone that people should strongly consider for the remainder this week at a minimum. Yeah, he's – yeah, that's a great call, man. Six threes, man. That was a coming-out party yeah. uh, against the Sacramento Kings a couple of nights ago. Um, great call on that. De- definitely a great call on that. The Spurs, they play three games. But, dude, I just can't – I have Trent, I have Trey Jones, and I'm like, yeah. dude, solid when he plays, but, like, I don't know when he's going to be questionable. Zach Collins goes off, and then he sits off the next game. Jeremy Sohan, or Sohan actually mm-hmm. balls out, and then he freaking goes on the – I don't know. It's just a hot mess, man. I don't know that you can trust, especially with the way Yahoo Public Leagues work. You have to you have to make the pickup the night before, so you don't even yeah. know after the injury report. Like someone could just be off. So like I don't, I just I would just stay away, honestly. If if that's the situation, and unless you can do daily same day pickups, I would probably mm-hmm. avoid San Antonio's situation. I would roll the dice on Sandro Mamukela's Philly. Um, Woo, say that ten times fast. I used to be a college basketball writer, so I could probably do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I think so. I would say, yeah, I would definitely go with him. Um, 11% rostered right now. The fantasy return hasn't been great, but I feel like with his contract situation, he's not guaranteed for next season. He's a guy that I think they're going to give all the minutes he can handle, especially with Charles Bassey done for the year. Yeah. You mentioned the Zach Collins situation in terms of the inconsistency of his minutes. And I don't see Gorgie Chang as a threat to, to Mamu for minutes. So, I'm going to say Sandro Mamu Kellis Philly is a good pickup here this week. Yeah, we covered a, a lot of teams here for the rest of the week. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Oh, um, can't not mention Nick Richards. Uh, he had a yeah. nice double-double, mm-hmm. double, 14, 17, 17 rebounds. If he was dropped from last week's uh, two-game week, definitely give him a look. Can give you rebounds and blocks. Um, and they got three games to close out the week. So uh, I think that's somebody, if you're looking for a big man, uh, definitely someone that I would prioritize as well. Anybody else uh, for the rest of the week that you're kind of eyeing? Hit the nail on the head with Nick Richards. Uh, three more games this week. Mark Williams, we don't know, you know, if or when he will be back. So I think Nick Richards is definitely someone who jumps off the page in terms of players this week. We've mentioned Melton. I think that will be more of like a shallow league ad, if yeah. anything. So, yeah. And uh, I think we have a question in the chat. So let's yes. see. Uh, let's see what that's about. Hey, guys, quick question. Need assists for Category League. Would you pick up Chris Dunn or Monty Morris? THT was in foul trouble last game. Colin Sexton might come back at the end of the week. What do you think? What say you, Raph? I say I'm going with Chris Dunn. Um, Monte Morris, he can get certainly get you assists, but I don't know. That whole Washington situation, it's like an, it's like a – Example of NBA purgatory. Like, sorry, just Adam, floating around. <laughs> Our producer <laughs> yeah. Adam is a yeah. diehard. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I think with Utah, as we mentioned earlier, they're right on the cusp of competing for a playing spot. I think they're 10th in the West right now, as a matter of fact. So they're still playing well enough to be in the conversation. And Chris Dunn has been a big part of that. So I personally go with Chris Dunn's. I think he's got a better chance of getting some defensive stats on the low as well. Yeah, I, the thing about Monty Morris is just the lack of consistency. I just haven't yeah. seen it this year. And, you know, he did have eight dimes last game. Definitely been scoring more than, he, than he's been in, in the past. But I don't know, just the reliability there. And as you said, like, I just 
I don't really like where wiz- the Wizards are going um, at this phase <laughs> in the season. Um, with more to play for, and again, that two-way that two-way contract getting guaranteed for him was huge. He's making his impact. This is how he gets his staying power. I think mm-hmm. Chris Dunn has certainly done enough. Um, and then with Jordan Clarkson also, you know, potentially not coming back. Yeah. Like that's just one less person he's going to have to vie for minutes for. And um, yeah, I really like Chris Dunn. So I would take Chris Dunn in that situation. Um, and I don't even know if Colin Sexton is going to come back next week. Like we'll yeah. see. Uh, or this at the end of this week. So, you know, that, Sexton's those had are, issues. Yeah. Sexton's had issues with turnovers too. So yeah, that's even more. And, and he's always, and he's also a score first guard anyway. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think Chris Dunn is probably the, the safest measure here. Um, yeah, Monty Morris, great assist to turnover ratio, but not really the fantasy guy that I'm really looking for. All right. Um, I actually have a draft tonight for baseball. I'm pretty excited. I've done my homework, but if anyone that hasn't, what should they do, Raph? They need to purchase the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Got some new rules to deal with. You see how that will impact some players you may be targeting in drafts. Um, all your player profiles, rankings, projections. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide. Use the code pennant25. That's P-E-N-N-A-N-T and the number 25 to save 25% off at checkout. And I think you should draft Shohei Otani with your first overall pick. Ooh, I like that take. <laughs> I'm a Julio Rodriguez guy, but uh, man, Otani is just a special, special talent. So I wouldn't be mad at you for doing that. Just got to figure out whether you're getting pitcher Otani or batter Otani. There's always that that distinction there. But let's go to week 23, championship week for those that aren't already competing for it right now. Or as Raph alluded to, you're a sadist and you're nuts and you want to play this until April 9th, which I don't recommend ever. Um, (laughs) But quite a few teams with four games. But, you know, I, I feel like we should just probably hit on the players that we're kind of targeting that are probably available right now. Top of mind for me is Austin Reeves. We didn't talk about I'm yeah. the Lakers hat, and I didn't, forgot to talk about it, but <laughs> he went off for 35 points, career high, six rebounds, six assists. Undrafted player, absolutely balling. He's going to get the bag this summer. Um, the Lakers would be wise to pay him because he just looks like he's, I don't know, he's just like one of those intangibles type guys that's taking yeah. care of the moment. Um, he's not scared of the moment, and, you know, LeBron James has been out. That's a big thing. That's going to give you more of an opportunity. But um, I think what we've seen from him is efficiency, assists, um, but then also just playing within himself. He's just very under control. And I think that's a player that even though the Lakers play three games in week 23, he's a player that I would certainly prioritize. Um, He just looks like a baller. He's like the second best player, uh, third best player. (laughs) I don't know. D'Lo's inconsistent. Second or third best player in the Lakers right now. And the Lakers, we know that they're vying for their playoff their playoff lives here. So I think he's going to give them a lot of solid minutes down the stretch. Um, the other player I want to talk about is Marvin Bagley, who's made his return. Jalen Duran. I don't know. The, the, the Detroit Pistons are just – I don't know. They're doing Detroit Pistons things. So now it's like last week it was Duran's turn. Now he's out. And now James Wiseman's getting inconsistent minutes. So is it Marvin Bagley time again? Because he just went off. Yeah, I think the tricky thing is the schedule for this week. They only have one game left. right? So that's a tough thing. But given how well he played Tuesday night and the injury you mentioned with Jalen Duren, and then James Wiseman has had issues with foul trouble, um, I think you have to grab Marvin Bagley now. They've got four games next week. 
And while he is locked up under contract for the next couple of years, I don't think he's done enough to really show that he's someone they can consistently rely on. So I, I think he's a minimal to no shutdown risk in that regard. Marvin Bagley's a really good call. I'm still on the Tari Eason bandwagon too with Houston. Ooh, yeah. um, they've got four games next week. So you know, four games next week and three the remainder of this week. So I think they've got a really good schedule to kind of help you close out. He's going to get 25 to 30 minutes per game, I think, either way, whether he starts or comes off the bench. So Tari Eason's another guy for me. I mean, the Pistons have just the cakiest of schedules. They've yeah. got the Thunder, the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I think that um, if you're playing ahead, maybe you want to pick up Marvin Bagley on Saturday or Sunday if you have one of those transactions that you can use from the previous week uh, to mm-hmm. jump ahead of that because they do play on Monday. Um, so, yeah, definitely prioritize Marvin Bagley. Like that call. Um, I probably stay away from practically every other Detroit Piston. Like Roddy Magruder's <laughs> been solid, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I want to invest my championship on Rodney. Um trying to think of who else we got here uh denny advita do you think uh do you think that he's gonna be a person like kyle kuzma's out tonight Mm -hmm. looking like we already talked about the wizards and what they're doing like they're they're not they're doing the wrong direction so is it time for them to give him more time and he's been solid uh when he's Mm -hmm. been given minutes yeah i definitely believe so um less than 20 percent rostered yahoo leagues right now even though Corey kispert has been the spot starter Avdia just brings more to the table across the board like he can, he may not produce three pointers at the level of Kisper, but everything else is just better with Avdia. Saw him break out of his shooting slump Tuesday night, so that's even more reason to hop on the bandwagon with him. Uh, three games next week, but they've got three the remainder this week, so I think that's a decent enough schedule to, to roll with Avdia. Yeah, I, I think that that is definitely a good call. Um, one of the better schedules for the three game teams. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about the Pacers. I would say just keep an eye out on who's available for them. Miles Turner looks like he's back back. So, you know, the Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith experience is over, but I I do think if they have any thought of shutting down Halliburton, it's going to be a TJ McConnell, Andrew Nemhard uh, showcase in week 23 with four games to play. Um, I would say also take a look at the Knicks. Um, If you need some, some cheap pickups, Quentin Grimes, um, could certainly be of value if you need rebounds. Isaiah Hartenstein, they, they do have four games as well. Um, trying to see who else here. Um, yeah, the Portland, great schedule for Trendon Wofford. If they're going to miss, if anyone else is going to continue to miss time for the Portland Trailblazers, Philly, D'Anthony Melton. Sacramento is also interesting. They have another four game week ahead. Bit tricky. We'll see what's up with Kevin Herter. Um, mm-hmm. if he's going to be out any longer, but if he is, I think Terrence Davis could be a stream Malik Monk, potentially, um, definitely to get you some extra threes assists and, and, and scoring as well. Anyone else that we didn't touch on that you think is going to be a potential pickup? I think we've covered just about everyone. Um, new Orleans has an interesting spot. There are four games next week. We're still waiting to hear what's going on with Zion Williamson. If he's going to come back at all. I think either way, Trey Murphy um, in shallow leagues, 71% rostered right now. There's no way in hell they can take him out of like a prominent role in that no. in that rotation, given how he's played. So if Trey Murphy happens to be available in your league, go ahead and change that. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think that the Clippers actually are pretty interesting 
that uh, next week because they yeah. play on they play on that Thursday. Thursday Thursday and Saturday only have two games mm-hmm. each, whereas Friday and Sunday have thirteen. So you're gonna have some cut decisions that you'll have to make, and yeah. maybe someone that you're not gonna be able to play on Sunday pick them up for Thursday's game. Um, so that's where you're gonna get the little scheduling advantage. So just keep that in mind with only two games on two days next week. Yeah. So make sure you, you schedule at least to get somebody in there to get a couple, couple more stats for your, for your uh, championship run, man. Uh, it's been a crazy season and uh, we're almost at the, the finish line here. So hopefully you guys are taking our advice. Let us know in the chat, whatever questions you have going into week 23. Um, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place, Twitch, 1 PM Eastern time until then we'll see you next week. Good luck. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.